into Bro, this. we weren't even like we were four <laughs> seconds into Dave Lander literally joining it, and the first is like, how the fuck have you not watched movies? It's the first three seconds of off air conversation. This is beautiful. Okay, so first of all, first of all, okay. Anybody okay. listening to this podcast, at least especially if you're a DJ, if you haven't watched the movie Juice, Riverside motherfucker. With Tupac, please watch the movie Juice, even if you're, you know, know. 18 like Kevin is. Um, (laughs) Second of all, okay. I'm looking it up now. Radio Shorty, we need need to talk about about not watching movies because to me, (laughs) I've watched movies I have not even wanted to watch or, or enjoyed because to me, part of being a DJ is understanding pop culture and there are certain songs that a lot of songs actually that became popular because of movies um solely dave what movie have you watched uh un unwillingly uh but you got through it but you okay so 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 i'm i'm going to um i'm going to uh probably probably take some take some uh heat for this one and i um but i i will say that i am not a fan of um the big lebowski bummer huh this is a bummer man that's uh that's a bummer and i i i i was actually disappointed i was super excited about it when i was going to watch it originally and then i was just like Ugh, this movie is like not doing anything for me, but I felt like it was such a massive like pop culture movie that I was like, I, I have to watch this movie. Like it is, it is important for me to to watch and understand this movie as 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 a DJ. You know, uh, I just I so, just felt it was that's that's one that's one example. Um, but um, you know, what was that movie that uh, it wasn't a great movie, but I got through it. Uh, I didn't. I didn't hate it. But what was the movie that um, the high school uh, movie that uh, Pursuit of Happiness and Heads Will Roll became famous from? Oh, um, yeah, that. Uh, uh, oh God, what the fuck was that? Club was uh, man. People literally had like themed parties because of it. What the fuck yeah, was Project that? Project X. Project X. I'm, Project I'm X. Yes. Project X. I've never like, seen that, yeah. that. movie. I was. I have IMD pulled up. May like. In, it's greatly increased the popularity of Heads Will Roll and this uh, Steve Aoki remix of Pursuit of Happiness, you know? So I yeah. just, I, there's, there, I feel like it's part of our job to know movie references, clips, culture. So Kevin, yeah. to you, playing a quick game yeah. here, have I or have I not seen The Big Lebowski? Your thoughts? You have not. I have. You have? I have seen The Big Lebowski. Did you Lebowski. like it? I did like it. Okay, which was See, I was kind of shocked when when Dave said he didn't because I, I was. Well, the, kinda, I feel like definitely the pop culture I reference. Would like, I would like, but I, I didn't. I, I mean, I I think you know, I think the John Goodman character is hysterical. I mean, that would be my yes. favorite. That would be my favorite part of the movie. You know, is just the the yeah. the he inappropriateness of John Goodman in that movie. He the the. I love the idea of like three character roles coming together of Steve Buscemi, um, you know, uh, Jeff Bridges and John Goodman. The three of them is insanely hilarious together when the three of them are in the bowling alley. Like those scenes are probably some of the funniest. Um, 
Right, they, right, which which are kind of side, like they're not part of the the plot of the movie, but yeah, I, mean, right. I think those. Yeah. Are, I agree. Some of the funniest scenes. And I actually, I was having a conversation with Teddy and our neighbors actually yesterday. We were having some drinks out in our front yard. It's like a bunch of hillbillies. Um, and, and we were talking about like how, like some movies like Bridesmaids specifically we were talking about, like eventually the plot takes over the amount of funniness and you sort of just like want to turn it off. You know, like a lot of Steve Carell movies to me, they hit like an hour and 10 minutes in. And then I'm like, all of a sudden it gets all serious and like dramatic. And I'm just here for the laughs. You know, so I can I can see somebody not. I, I completely disagree with you. I love the Big Lebowski, but uh, but at the same time, I totally understand where you know some people could not. Enjoy yeah. So it. what? So what? I, I mean, to me, I I love Steve Carell, obviously in the the <laughs> Office, and that's one of my favorite television series of of all time. Sure. And and I think I think the um, you know the the first five minutes of um uh what was the episode uh with the fire alarm uh i can't remember the name of the of the episode i'm gonna need to look it up here uh it was the one that was on uh right after the super bowl um the fire drill one yeah uh stress relief that was it stress relief i think that oh there it is yeah yeah possibly the funniest five minutes of, of, of TV I've ever watched uh, of like an actual TV show. But, um, uh, but I don't know. I like 40 year old virgin. Um, I can't really think of many other Steve Carell movies. I I've watched. I feel like, I don't know. Well, so I'm thinking more like the little miss sunshine type stuff, you know, where it is, it's super funny in the beginning because of all the characters that they put together, but then eventually they sort of just like seclude Steve Carell in his journey of, I honestly, I don't remember that movie at all, but it's like where all of a sudden he's just like whiny, you know, Paul Rudd played that character for a little while too, like before Ant-Man where he was always, this is a movie podcast, I guess, by the way. Welcome uh, this to is cool. the movie popcorn <laughs> podcast. Bro, first off, Dave, I prepped such an excellent introduction for you. And I was so ready. I have a picture of all the jobs you have on Facebook still listed. I was going to run down them and talk about all of them. I'm so excited to have you on. This was not like super short notice, but you were so like, I hit you up last week. And I was like, listen, I'm trying to get some heavy hitters these next couple weeks, man. Like we want to have big people on and let's start it off with you. And you were very compliant to all of it, you know, and, and, and then we just come in and of course you just start spitting fire right away. So we don't get to give the introduction. Um, By the way, but, uh, speaking, so of, if I... speaking of Paul Rudd, if you, if you or any of the listeners have ever not watched any of the, the Paul Rudd and um, Jimmy Fallon movie recreations, um, oh. or, or I mean video, music video recreations. Um, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, uh, my personal favorite is Go West, the King of Wishful Thinking. I don't need to fall at your feet. Just cause you cut me. Uh, because it is one of, even the original video of that is one of the most random videos of all time. Um, <laughs> oh my God. This yeah, you gotta, so, you gotta. I'm glad we're doing this at the beginning. You gotta, so that I can, like, throw all this stuff in the edit. The thing with the movies thing for me is that, uh, like, you just said, like, you get an hour in and then you just feel like, fuck, what am I doing, right? You're like, and that's where I am with movies. Like, for for TV shows, you know, 30 minutes or whatever, cool, I can sit there and watch a quick 30-minute show. I watched a movie over the weekend 
Uh, it was it was like suggested on Netflix. They have like a movies section now, and I was like, you know what? I, I'm gonna pull. I, I'm gonna watch a movie. We talk about it with Kevin since I don't ever watch movies, and I started watching it. In like 30 minutes in, I'm like, what am I doing? But then I'm stuck. I'm already, I'm already here. Like I had to watch this. Stu- it was called Something's Got to Give. Do you guys even know what this is? It's with uh, Jack Nichols or Nichols, uh, whichever yeah, one is. And, in the uh, Helen, Helen, Helen Hunt, right? Right, it was uh, the dumbest. Like he's dating the daughter, and then turns around and dates the mother, and then they're yeah. All, no, I, just, I, I've never all. seen that movie, but I'm familiar with that movie. Oh, there's just just seeing the cover of it makes me want to throw up. So I just will, that that type font in the middle. Ugh. I will say this: I, I'm uh, in my as I've gotten older, though I I won't if it's not a movie that I'm watching for a purpose or that has high praise. I am not beyond just shutting a movie off. Like I, I remember I once I rented um, London Has Fallen. I don't know if you ever saw that movie. I yeah, that and I, I literally rented it on like whatever you know on demand DVR. Paid like three ninety nine for it. I watched it for like twenty minutes. I'm like, this is awful. I'm turning it off. I don't. <laughs> I don't want to give another ninety minutes of my life to this movie. Um, uh, but though, possibly, which is weird because it has Morgan Freeman in it, and you would think it'd be no, good. Yeah, you would so, think, but it's just it is. Right? I mean, I'm I'm I understand like it, you know, movies trying to take you to kind of an, an, an imaginary place and on a journey. But it is just like even compared to say like a Die Hard or a Speed, it is it seems like this seems impossible to occur. These set of circumstances that lead to all these attacks and explosions. Even like on the scale of like, uh, on the scale of like one to Die Hard, it's like a fifteen. Like this, there's no way this is really happening. Yeah, you're absolutely right, and it, I think it was big on that whole like Gerard Butler, um, you know, just trying to take advantage of him because I think what was Law Abiding Citizen had like just come out a, a couple years ago. This was, so London has fallen came out in 2016. They had done uh, what, like the the White House has fallen, or something like that, yeah, too. Right, so this was like Olymp- the second I think one. Olympus was fall- Yeah, yeah. Oh yes, that. Yeah, yeah. So this was first off. It's ninety nine minutes long, so you know it's just a fucking cash cow for somebody, right? right? <laughs> um, that's the way I see it. It also has um, Aaron Eckert, who played Harvey Dent in the Batman trilogy. Okay. Um, so he, you know, another little kind of trying to take advantage of people falling in love with him, Morgan Freeman, just being a voice again. Like, yeah, it's a total fucking, you know, just plug for money in my opinion. But, well, Dave, uh, we appreciate you being on the show today for the movies. Um, yeah, thanks. Uh, movie, welcome to IMDb. We hear you well, quit the- your DJ career to be an actor now. So that's actually why you're here. You're announcing your acting career. In LA. Yeah, this is it. Big announcement. I, big I announcement. Actually, in- I actually was an extra in a in a network network TV uh, aired show. Um, really? Really? Which one? Yes, yes. It was called. Uh, it was about. It was about the Olympic bomber. I believe it aired on NBC, and it was um, not uh, uh, not Mind Hunter, but it was something something Hunter. Um, I think. Wait, like the uh, Olympic bomber for like uh, uh, for, from Atlanta. Atlanta? Yeah, it was like a it was a dramatization uh, uh, of it, and I believe it was like a series. Like I believe it was like a six or eight part series. Um, let me let me uh, let me let me look this up here real quick. Man, manhunt, manhunt, manhunt. 
Yes, it was Man called Hunt. it was called Manhunt Deadly Games, and uh, it was about Richard Jewell, the Olympic bomber. And I was uh, there was a scene, a dramatized scene, um, with I believe it was like the newspaper reporter that was like writing a lot of the articles on him, and she was in a nightclub. And that scene was filmed in Pittsburgh, and I was a a DJ, of course. I was a DJ in the scene, and uh, I'm just in the background. But there is there is a moment, you know, where where you can kind of kind of see me in the background. Uh, so yes, so wow. I, I do have an an acting. Uh, you know, I don't think so, I have an IMDb page yet. But I'm literally looking for you on IMDb was, right now. So as as a uh, as a working actor, how does it feel? You know, as as a movie critic, how does it feel to act as a DJ? What's that like? Like, what's it like pretending? To be a... Yeah, it's like well, super, you... super awkward. You know, it's so the mu- the music that is is being pumped in, like literally the music that's being pumped in to the um, club where so they're pumping music into this scene so that the crowd will be dancing so that they're you know appearing to dance in the background so i'm like pretending to play records but what i'm have on the turntables isn't even actually playing and then when you watch it on tv there's a third song they didn't even use the the background music that they were playing that the people (laughs) were dancing to they used a completely different song in the background when it airs on tv so it was was pretty uh pretty crazy uh but it was supposed to occur in the 90s so they like i don't know i had like they gave me like carpenter jeans and i had like a tank top on like with gold chains like they i went through wardrobe and was all all 90s to out had one of those those string bracelets right that everybody got when they went you know, Dude, Dave, the Dave is like up on stage, like playing Return of the Mac, just you know, just jamming spiked out. hair or something. Little frosted I, tips, maybe. Little frosted I, tips I, I, back I had in the day. Frosted tips then, but I yeah, I so, don't have any tips now. Uh, <laughs> that's, the tips, the tips are long gone. Oh <laughs> man, you are a beautiful bald man, though. You that are. is uh, you that's are. that's two TV celebrities we've had on the show. Uh, DJ Caitlin was in the movie. Uh, what was the movie, uh, Kevin? Oh, it's gonna drive me nuts. With Ariana uh, Grande. Uh, the one with Ariana Grande, the sky is falling or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, um, Kevin, have you been Ke- in any movies? Kevin, Kevin Nick, do you guys know Kevin Nichols? Yeah, he was. Yeah. He was Wait, in that. Um, I believe it was Kevin was in that the the second Borat, the one the one where there were all those scenes that were like recreated. It, it, like not recreated, but they were like some, some of the people involved didn't know it was like, you know, happening. He was the DJ right. in that super, it's like an awkward, there was like some sort of party. Uh, I think it was like at a college or at a country club. But uh, yeah, he was like the, the DJ in that movie. Dang. DJ Demand was in a rap video. So I mean. Was he? What was what he was, was DJ? Yeah, what he was, was, he... What uh, video was God, I wish. He I, he was some music hip hop video, and he you you see him for like he sent he sent it to me or showed me or something. Uh, and it's just like this split second, like there's DJ Demand scratching, and then he looks very out of it. place. I will say, <laughs> Demand well, looks entirely out of place. Why was yeah, he like, out of place, I, Kevin? I, what would I, make him out of I, place? It was in Camden, and Demand wears glasses. I don't know. What do you want me to say here? Like I, Jesus I Christ. I, I mean, yeah, I know it Demand's my boy, but I. I could I could see how he could look out of place in a rap video. I could I could 
I can understand that. But we're not, um, we're not, you know, to, saying anything about his skills as a DJ because we know the man's got some chops. Right? To be fair, it's, scientist is uh, is Yin Yang Twins DJ, and he's the nerdiest looking little white dude ever, and he tears it up, and he's loved go. by all at, at their concerts. You know, yeah, so uh, DJ funk, right? DJ yeah. Deville is in the um, video for Afrojack's No Beef, which was recorded at XS in Las Vegas. And uh, that's that's the one where uh, right before the drop, it, everybody it's it, allegedly it says something different, but it sounds like it says effed up camel right before the, the beat drop. <laughs> My God, dude, you're just a wealth of knowledge. It's insane. Uh, useless uh, like useless deep... knowledge. Might I point out that it's useless knowledge? Yeah, <laughs> apparently not. <laughs> it's like it's, co- it's coming is... up, you know. It's like the DJ Encyclopedia has joined us today for yeah. the show. Um, so, now listen, Dave, do you get called like a jack-of-all-trades a lot? I Have you heard, like, you know, there's this, this saying, like, a jack-of-all-trades is a master of none, which a lot of people, like, throw around oh, a lot I, to I, say. I know, I know that. I, I'm well aware of that phrase. I, I would like to think that I'm I'm more closer to the, the master side than the jack side of, of most of my trades, yeah, uh, yeah, I, 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 th- I think that's that's true. But so, um, so now that I, I'm getting to the intro of this, so a resident DJ at Foxtail, uh, napkin thrower at Flats on Carson. What a gr- an awesome freaking <laughs> title you have for yourself! In game DJ, music programming, football, men's basketball at University of Pittsburgh. Oh. You were a featured artist at Club Killers, a resident DJ at Cavo in Pittsburgh, a resident DJ at Rivers Casino in Pittsburgh. In-game DJ and music programmer for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And you've worked at 12 Whiskey Barbecue, uh, which now has ended. And you worked at Cruise Bar. Like, you have a seven-page resume, man. That's incredible. Um, Can we go I, back I, to the napkin throwing? Like, is it is it tough to get hired on for that? Or like, how's it work there, Dave? It it It, it is. So... <laughs> I will tell you with the napkin throwing it, it is, it can be tricky. It's, it's all in the wrist. It's, it's all, you have to give it, you have to, no, I have seen Flick people it their wrist. first, their first time throwing napkins and like the entire clump just goes out as a clump. It doesn't, doesn't have the nice like confetti flutter. Yeah. To it. So there is right. definitely, there is definitely a science to the napkin throwing. And if you want to have any idea of what the hell we're talking about, check out my Instagram story on a Monday morning. Yes. Yes. They, to my knowledge, I don't think they allow that here. They won't let you throw napkins. I'll actually throw you out. I think uh, <laughs> in clubs because uh, some. I, 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 re- I think it's just because like at the end of the night they're so lazy and they don't want to sweep them up. It's not well, has staff, nothing to do this with the is, environment. This is actually, this is actually the staff that does it. It. Uh, oh, I mean, okay. Some, sometimes, sometimes an occasional customer will pick up a wad of napkins, but. It's mainly the staff, but it's so funny. I've taken pictures of it before. If you go in the basement where like their storage areas, they have boxes of cocktail napkins stacked like eight <laughs> feet high, like taller than your head. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, well, you, you need you need stock in it for sure to be ready for that. Yeah. And you do that during Dreams and Nightmares, right? That that is that is the that's the main song uh, that it's known for. But uh, there's a few other ones like you know trap queen sometime like any song that has kind of a you know even if it's like a hip-hop song that has kind of like 
a quote unquote drop where there's like, right. you know, trap queen, like the whole first verse is kind of like, there's that little synth, but there's not a beat. And then like the first chorus, like the beat drops in and the napkins go up and, and I'll never let go. Yep. Right. Yeah. Right. When that hits. Sweet. That's crazy, man. Do so so you sometimes do this multiple times a night. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And then the floor at the end of the night, the floor is covered with napkins, the sidewalk in front of the clubs covered with napkins. So, sometimes there'll be one stuck to my shoe and it'll end up like, it'll be <laughs> Tuesday and I'll look down at my car floor mat and there'll be like cocktail napkins <laughs> from flats on Sunday still on my car floor mat. Love it. Love it. Love it. I mean, the whole staff has Monday off. It's industry night on a Monday night. So it's not like they're going in that next day. So, you know, you got to stay, you got to sweep a little bit. You could probably just light the floor on fire and everything would just, you know, just go away. They need, they need the, have you ever, have you ever worked in a club or bar at the end of the night where they get the, uh, where they get a leaf blower out and they just blow like, I've never seen that. Like, I think they do. I think they might do it. I've had it happen in Pittsburgh. I think they might do it at Alex Nepa's spot in um, the basement in uh, state college. But you got. I don't so, think I've ever stayed there long so, enough. So to you got to have but... plastic cups. You know, obviously, it's got to be yes, a place that has plastic definitely. cups. But if you have plastic cups and napkins, you just blow it. You know, get the leaf blower out, <laughs> blow it all in the corner. I actually worked at a place back in the day where leaf blowers were only gas, and they would use they would use a gas oh. leaf blower inside. Um, nowadays, obviously, you have the electric ones, so you can do it without right. the fumes. Um, but. Just imagine the guy's got to go and landscape in the morning, but he's got this, you know, Sunday night gig that he's just bringing and he's got his, you know, his, his ear protection on just going then, in there with then, sunglasses. And you blow into the corner, you get like a snow shovel, shovel, you know, in a big garbage bucket, shovel it all in. You got a guy with a little rake to just help out, you know, on the side. Some guy's got a little weed whacker that's just trimming the stuff out of the, you know, out of the edges. Can okay. you imagine work, though the work, first work, got like. Work smart, work smarter, not harder. Work smarter, Can you not imagine the, the, like when that happened for the first time? Like napkins everywhere, cups everywhere. It was a great night. And then they look down and they're like, fuck, man, we got to sweep all this. And one guy in the back, big redneck dude, you know, just lives in a, the woods in the middle of nowhere. He's like, I got me an idea. And he could, you know, goes to the truck, grabs his, you know, grabs his machine. And then from there, that's where it took off. That one dude just that no one talks to came in, grabbed his leaf blower, cranked it a couple of times and just like blew everything in the floor. <laughs> I will say the napkins, I think, because they're larger, are still easier to sweep up than confetti. Confetti is, I oh, used dude, to, yeah. oh, I used to play at a, I used to play at a venue. I played at a venue where they had confetti machines, and we were supposed to use them. And security would come at the beginning of the night, and they would beg me. They'd be like, "Please don't use the confetti tonight." And I'm like, "I'm supposed to use the confetti, like, you know." But. Yeah. Uh, which, by the way, side note, DJs, if you do use confetti, if you have confetti cannons, which I do, and I don't use them often, but I you end up coming out with them a few events a year. Do not, do, do not ever take them into a venue without making sure your client has checked with the venue because that can, like, get ugly real quick. Um, Very I, quick. I, I, so originally, I always used to make sure that my client checked with the venue, and now... Uh, after an incident where a client told me they checked with the venue and apparently didn't, I now check with the venue myself to make sure the client checked with the venue. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And the worst uh, part, it was a venue. It was it was a rehearsal dinner. It was like a baller rehearsal dinner. They had a DJ. They had uh, lighting. They had confetti. 
and they um and it was a venue hotel monaco in pittsburgh it's a kempton hotel i worked there a lot and so i know the staff there and i said i just mentioned it to them i'm like they told you we're using confetti right and the staff was like the the banquet manager is like no they never told me that and i'm like uh oh so i said i don't know if you want to go talk to them how you want to hash this out i'm like they contracted me for it they paid extra for the confetti I said, I don't want to screw you guys over. And they were just like, you know what, let, let them do it. They were they were spending wedding money for a rehearsal dinner. I think the venue was just yeah. like, we'll clean it up. But but I felt bad. And, and, you know, I worked there a lot. It was funny. I was literally walking out at the end of the night. I was completely packed up. And there were pieces of confetti on the floor in like the lobby. This is really nice lobby. And I was on the towel floor. And I'm literally by hand picking up random pieces of confetti just out of guilt and not wanting to, you know, feeling bad because I work at this venue all the time, and I'm like, Ugh. yeah. Dave's like bending over every time he picks one up. I'm so sorry. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm sorry. And he's like, "Give me one second. and he goes and grabs a rake out of yeah. his car, yeah. and he just starts yeah. sweeping it up. And when, when, when there's when there's like a, a memo that goes among the whole staff that like the asshole DJ from Friday night shot confetti everywhere. So, so you. You suggest to DJs that they uh, first at least check in with everybody. If the venue comes back and say you've already contracted this stuff, do you have like a replacement for your confetti? Like, do you use uh, like club cannons, the grounds club cannons or anything like that? Do you have a substitute for it? Uh, not not uh, at the moment. I will say the closest, the coolest thing. Well, yes, I do actually. Cocktail napkins. Um, there you go. But yeah. I would say the closest thing I ever came to uh, confetti that I thought was cool. I saw it in uh, actually originally, I think I saw it at the bank in Las Vegas and I bought some for a club that I managed after that in Pittsburgh, but is a snow machine because yeah. uh, it, a snow machine kind of gives the effect of confetti, but then like yeah. the snow just dissipates and there's nothing to clean up. Um, yeah. You know, maybe a little residue on the floor, maybe you need to mop it, but you know, it's not the same level of mess as confetti. Yeah. I don't think it's any worse than like the, you know, dancing on the clouds type stuff, the uh, whatever, low line fog, you know, that creates a little more residue in my opinion than, than the snow stuff. I, honestly, the snow stuff is literally suds, just odorless. Yeah. And, you know, you, but then you got to bring like a stick of trust normally to get it high enough or whatever. Right, right. It's got to be, it right, right. It's got to be shot yeah. from kind of up in the air. Sure, but man, the effect you get with those, especially if you coordinate with a photographer and videographer ahead of time, like to you know, like, hey, listen, this is going to be happening during the first dance, and then we'll do it again at some point. You right. know, you mount a fan or whatever, so it gets even further out there. I love that effect. That's fun, and definitely, unfortunately, underutilized because uh, you know, just the time of year stuff. Who wants to see fake snow in July? You know. Yeah. So 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 this. So this is speaking of coordinating that stuff with a photographer. This is a, a not so fun story from my summer this year. Uh, we had a wedding, just doing a wedding and brought in confetti cannons and we had extra lighting at this wedding. And we were kind of going to do the first confetti shot, which was going to be during open dancing. And we had the photographer ready and, you know, videographer ready there on the other side of the floor. I forget what I was playing. Maybe it was like Papas or something. And literally press the confetti button, confetti shoots for about a second. And then the confetti trips the breaker at the venue. And everything shuts off. The confetti, the lights, the music, everything goes down. (laughs) 
And I'm like, oh, can I just like crawl into a hole right now? Um, And we had everything back running and, you know, it was it was fine. But uh, and it was a fun night. But yeah, that was that was one of those. I was like, press the button. Everything was everything was fine. And then press the button and, and just the confetti machines, everything else could handle that breaker could handle the power of that circuit for everything else and not everything with the confetti. That's launching, like a horror movie. That's like launching a horror freaking movie pieces though. of paper. Launching yeah. little pieces of paper kills. <laughs> nope, can't right, do it. Can't but that's like a horror movie because it's like, and not going back to the movies, but like, you know, the confetti gun shoots, the electricity goes off, and all people see now is just like confetti falling to them in this dark room where it's it like seems like something winter. ominous it's is about nuclear, to happen. It's nuclear Literally, winter. It's right, like the, right. the orange lights start circling and stuff, you know, like alternating effect. It's all of a sudden a oh, scene so, from so, uh, Stranger Things. So this was this was another crazy wedding. So 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 there was something else that happened even before we hit this. So they wanted to do cold sparks as well. Now, um, I do not personally do cold sparks because uh, cold sparks are not cold all the way. They where they're just ignited, got rid of ours. where they're ignited, they are hot. I know multiple yeah. instances of cold sparks causing fires. Nothing that's burnt down a building, but some stuff that's burnt down yeah. floral arrangements. And the other thing with cold sparks is, I believe that probably ninety-eight percent of DJ companies that use cold sparks do not actually have insurance that covers the cold sparks. So right, because like, it's a, it's separate. It's right. it's an additional oh, yeah. right. Uh, right. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. So, it's a pyrotechnic. Yeah. Like, yeah. Right. So I'm like, yeah, I'm not messing with those. I'm not even messing. I'm not even subcontracting them. So when they ask about those, I'm like, sorry, you know, not doing it. So right. they, they, they subcontracted. Uh, ironically, it was a company that was doing their photo booth in the Cold Sparks. That was like weird. I was like, there was a company that does photo booths and Cold Sparks. Okay. But this company comes in, does the Cold Sparks. Um, for whatever reason, they got them set up about five minutes before the dinner space was about to open. And, oh, shit. and they had set them, I was nervous to begin with because they had set them up really close to the floral arrangements because they had floral arrangements in front of my setup too. And I said something to both the um, coordinator and to the girl doing the quote sparks. And I'm like, it's, it's on you. This has nothing to do with me. I'm like, I'm just kind of prevent presenting my opinion here of, slight nervousness, you know, in case something goes down. So ultimately, um, nothing happens with the floral arrangements, but they fire the cold sparks again, five minutes before they're about to open the ballroom for guests to start walking in and the cold sparks set off the fire alarm. And so, so now, uh, they don't get to use the cold sparks because they would set off the fire alarm a second time. And on top of that, we have to kind of, you know, uh, kind of delay guests entering into the room because we have to get the fire alarm shut off first. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. So that was. So that we had we story. had them. I had them for my company, and then we had, I literally bought them. Uh, They're being shipped, and then that video came out where the the pyros in another country lit the florals on fire, lit the entire venue on fire. So I saw the video and I was like, ooh, and then Nick Spinelli, like the day later, posted this video about, you know, that video. So now I'm freaking out. I'm like, like, that's where my anxiety goes. I'm like, oh, my God, I'm going to burn down every fucking, 
you know, venue in Greenville. Uh, so we had them for a while, and then the city of Greenville that I live in, they literally said that now we have to have like a pyro license, and we have to have we have to pull a permit. You always and needed I, that stuff. So right, well, That's the- <laughs> this is like like Greenville's a little different than probably Pittsburgh or New York City or something where you can kind of just get by, and you know, no one's really going to say anything. So so let but, me uh, let me clarify: in the city of Pittsburgh, you're legally, and most places don't observe this, you're legally not allowed to light. If it's a business, votive candles on tables inside. That is technically, and I found this out when I managed a nightclub, you're legally not allowed to light votive candles inside. So definitely not allowed to use those. Yeah. So we had a a DJ here who uh, took him to a prom. They didn't pay for them. He took him, he set him off. A parent freaked out, um, contacted the city of Greenville, the fire marshal, Fire marshal got involved with the venue, and then, then of course, like the venue was like, "Well, the DJs are bringing this." So then we all got emails like, "Hey, like this is illegal." Blah blah blah. You need co-. like I actually have the Cold Spark uh, PDF that they sent us, and the legal jargon in it, I was like, "Nah, bro, nah, nope." Mm-mm, like not I worth literally, it. there was a venue in town that was like, "Well, we just want to use them outside, and we're outside the city of Greenville, so it didn't apply to them." Uh, and I literally was like, fine. Just, I literally sold them to them here. You can have them if you're going to use them outside, whatever. Yeah. Uh, but I was like, I'm not risking. Because I would hear stories of like somebody would pull like the box up and there'd be like a little burnt mark on the carpet underneath it. And I'm just like, uh, like just even that gets you, gets me amped up. It makes yeah. me nervous. And I'd rather just yeah. like throw a CO2 gun in there if they want it and they can have fun with that. I, like, yeah. No I, one's going to get. I was going to say, I had, I had a, a, a friend who said he started smelling a bad burning smell the one day when he used them. And he's like, after that day, I mean, he didn't see any evidence like of a floor burnt or anything, but he's like the rest of his weddings that had them booked, he contacted them all. He's like, Hey, can I offer you like a photo booth or right. something else instead of, instead of this? Yeah. But yeah, I, I would, yeah, we- I would highly encourage people to not use them or if you're absolutely going to do it. And I'm sure it's going to be like five, ten grand a year, but buy the legit insurance that you have to have yeah. so that you don't destroy your entire business. You work 10, 15, 20 years for yeah. over making a couple, you know, 800 extra bucks a gig or whatever you're charging. That man. Yeah. I, like I, 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 with you, like I, we have the salsa booths. Uh, so I, like I was literally just like, Hey, do you, like, we'll just throw this in for the whole night for you instead. And every single couple is like, wait, we get a photo booth for free. Like, heck yeah. We'll like, that's a no brainer. I just, I think DJs, of course we all see what Jan I does and we all see like what LaForce does. And like, we all, like we all want to be on that level. Uh, and that's great. But there, I also like what Dave just said, I don't want to ruin my reputation of building a company for 10 years. And then it literally no pun intended go up in flames because of something stupid that, and especially like, there are some weddings where we they would be taken and I'm not on them. My other guys are using them. So, and you know, I'd like to think that we train them well and they're smart, but sometimes they're not, you know, sometimes they do some dumb shit and I have to correct it. So like, right. And when I'd rather, I was going to say, when you're a million dollar plus company a year, like those companies you mentioned, you can afford to pay for the literal actual insurance you need to use those. Right. Um, but you know, yeah, the insurance is not cheap. There's no way. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, but so like, and, and then also you're dealing with any, like with any other technology, you're dealing with 
you know, like just obviously constant wear and tear, yep. you know? So God forbid you have one person that just doesn't pack them in right again. You do get like, you get those smells, you know, God forbid, you know, like the timing of stuff doesn't work out. Dave, imagine that wedding where the other people set off the fire alarm. All of a sudden, sprinklers go off, and it lands oh, on all your gear. Right. Your gear that they aren't responsible for. There goes the entire wedding, you know? So I think, like, sort of the, if there is a lesson in all of this, is, you know, weigh your options, and um, I guess weigh other people's options, too. You know? Yeah, Cause I, like, again, what I... What photo booth company's going to have the, the wherewithal to think about the insurance, you know, like, that part of it? You know, they're right. just looking to make money. And I, and I posted this, I posted this one day on uh, Facebook, I think, and, and literally have people arguing with me like, well, you know, it's, it's not financially feasible to pay for the real insurance. I'm like, well, then, then everybody should be charging more. Like that, that's not yeah. an excuse. Yeah. Like people are literally arguing with me and I'm like, fine, risk your business. Like I'm not, I'm offering this advice to try to help. I'm not. You know, but everything, right. everybody gets offended by everything nowadays. So I think they're more trying to convince themselves that what they're doing is right. It's it's not as much an argument with you. It's more like they just have trouble looking in the mirror and being like this thing, because sparklers, if you get six of them, I think it's like 20 grand, you know, to like buy. Maybe maybe it's way less than that. I don't know. But I know ones? it's. Yeah. Well, like well, the, yeah, well, there's all original brands. legit yeah, ones. Right. Yeah. There's right. And now there's a couple. No Dude, now you can buy sparklers at Walmart. You can buy the cold spark fountains. I literally saw them oh advertised God. on Walmart. Walmart, yeah, I've seen those too. Walmart, like uh, when Walmart dot com starts promoting them, like mm, I don't know. But now yeah. you can buy. I, I think you can buy like a like a four pack for like two grand, twenty five hundred of the not yeah. Walmart version, but not the official like Sparkular version. Right. Uh, some I know. I know there's some companies that. Um, can't remember the name of the one there's there's a company or two that usually is a dj expo in an ac with them yeah yeah and you weren't at this year i was i was yeah, not I was, I was i was at steelers rehearsals that week nice oh my god amazing segue uh bro <laughs> so um it's it's weird because the road podcast actually just had co1 on who is the uh uh the uh the las vegas raiders dj so I was actually listening to that, and I was like, this is perfect. This is like me doing research to ask Dave questions. Um, as the Pittsburgh Steelers in-stadium DJ, you know, uh, that's first off super cool. Um, if you are listening to this and you don't follow Dave, uh, so I think specifically on Facebook is where you do a lot of your sharing as well as Instagram. Um, dude, the, like the tweets that you get, people talking about you in the stadium playing like the right song at the right time. I, I just I'm so interested in in that and obviously you working with um, a couple other teams and stuff too so just tell us a little bit about like that whole experience you know yeah so well so one thing that's interesting in the stadium in stadium DJing is the a, a big difference between what when you're playing during a game and when you're you know we're playing events weddings nightclubs whatever is that we are in a we're normally in control like we are setting the vibe of a nightclub of a wedding you know of the music of the peaks of the valleys of, of the emotions and in a stadium in a game or an arena you're we're responding we're actually not creating the vibe we're responding to the vibe so 
whenever you know you're scoring whenever you're being scored on um you know you you have to kind of be mentally aware of, of what's going on um you know we had a moment the other day at the Steelers game where uh you know a lot of times they're in commercials uh when they go to tv commercials we have inventory and we're showing you know we have a ceremony on the field or showing a video or something like that and it, but usually in the fourth quarter that stuff's all done so we had a moment the other day where patriots scored on us and the network's like we're going to commercial for two minutes and 20 seconds and all we have to do is play filler music and show fans but in that moment it's like we were just scored on. It's a really, it's it's a what do you play kind of moment. Um, and I yeah, think right. I want to say, thing I want to say, I I play I believe in a thing called love by the darkness in that moment there. Um, you know, but that's one of those moments where it's like you don't want to play something that's like too mellow or somber because you don't want to kind of further bring down the vibe or, or kind of suck the life out of the stadium. But at the same time. You can't play something like Can't Stop the Feeling or Icona Pop or, or, you know, Shut Up and Dance. Like, you don't want to play something that's, like, really happy because you just got scored on. And, you know, you you can't do that either. So, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of nuance in it that I think a lot of DJs, you know, people, people that don't do it, you know, don't get. Um, And, and there's, so there's a lot of nuance. And the other thing with football is, you know, there's there's so many things that can happen so quickly. So we don't find out until usually, you know, seconds, if not a minute or two at best before uh, the network's going to go to a commercial break. So say it is uh, a third down and, you know, sometimes we'll get a call up in our booth and they'll say, you know, if, if they don't make this third down and they punt, you know, we're going to go to commercial. So I remember the first season I'm working that happens and it's going to be a punt and then a commercial break afterwards. And we had some sort of on-field presentation and I have like this background music and I'm getting ready to play that background music for the on-field presentation. All of a sudden the punt gets blocked and like returned for a touchdown. And all of a sudden you have to be paying attention and ready for that to possibly happen and be in this all of a sudden like, oh shit moment, like this isn't happening, now that's happening. Um, so, so you always, especially more than really, I feel like any other sport. I mean, I'm, I'm an avid hockey fan. I've never done anything in game with the penguins, but I am an avid hockey fan. I've also done basketball for seven seasons with, uh, university of Pittsburgh. And I definitely feel that football is the game that can kind of, you know, you know, kind of turn on a dime at, at any moment and one team, you know, I mean, you can get a pick six. You know, I mean, you can, it's, it's really, you have to expect the unexpected kind of more than any, anything in football. Absolutely. It's, inter- it's yeah. interesting. You talk about the stop sets or the commercial breaks, because with my radio background, I like our stop sets are always the same. The 15, the 45 it was the bow tie. So like I, they're all, they're always there. So like, I never even thought like when I watch TV or watch sports or watch football or baseball, like I didn't even know that that kind of all goes out the window and someone's basically like in your ear going, all right, well, if this happens, you know, we're doing this. And I just always thought it was all on a clock. Like I always thought like when you were in the booth, like you kind of had, do you have certain stop sets that you have to break in? Like, do you know where they are? Okay. So in basketball, and this is the same in hockey, 
in in basketball and hockey, they are done after the first whistle after a certain point. So like in college basketball, two 20-minute halves. After the first 16-minute whistle, uh, the first whistle after 16 minutes, there's a break. The first whistle after 12 minutes, there's a break, and then eight and then four. Right. So we, we too, you know, basically do kind of know when they're happening in um, – basketball i know that nhl is the same i forget i mean i like i said i've never done a game but you know if you watch you can notice i don't know it's like 14 minutes seven minutes and four minutes or something like that um so nhl is the same um baseball i'm they there's probably some you know sort of formula with the well i mean obviously it's like between it's a little more predictable though yeah you yeah. know because it's it's a very end, end stop and go game right right, right. So, yeah. so that's the thing with the reason that football can't really be as predictable is because they don't want to stop a team in the middle of a drive, you know? No. Right. So it's typically, it's typically either after a punt or, or after a score. I mean, those are, that, those are the two most common times. Now, once in a while, if the network gets really behind because they're trying to take, the plan is they're going to take four breaks per quarter is is what what is normal so if the network gets really behind like sometimes there will be long drives and they won't get to you know only take three breaks in the first quarter and they're trying to make up breaks sometimes they'll take them during say a timeout um like when it you know offense defense just calls a timeout and normally it's 30 seconds and the network will say hey we want to go to commercials and then it just becomes two and a half minutes um but they they never want to unnecessarily break up the action obviously sometimes with an injury you know especially if it's an extended you know injury where the players on the field like you know they'll go to break but with with football it is very because they want it to be momentum based it's it's very fluid and so what'll happen i mean this is this is kind of the the craziness of of the way the message travels you know there's a truck outside the stadium that is you know producing uh, the game where all the the uh, the kind of the production room for the network. So the network from their production truck, their director or producer will call this guy on the sidelines, and this guy on the sidelines is uh, standing next to a guy that we have posted on the sidelines. So he'll tell that guy, "Hey, we're going to do a commercial here," and then the guy that we have posted on the sideline calls up to our booth. So it's like four. The message is like delivered four times um before it gets to us and but that guy on the sidelines uh if you go to a game ever it's usually on the home team side and he has i think a red hat on and he's always wearing a big orange glove like it almost looks like a like an industrial rubber glove and he, he walks out onto the field when there's a commercial break he will literally walk out onto the field and he stands there um on the field until the commercial breaks over and that's how the referees know that the commercial breaks still going on ball can't be in play and then the guy walks off the field and he makes this circular motion with his arm if they're not going to go to break so say there's a punt or something like that and they don't want to take a commercial break then he so the refs are looking at him yes the refs are looking at him uh to to see whether they're going to to break or not um we did have a game, I think it was once last year. I can't remember if it was NFL or college, but I think it was a Steelers game. And the refs almost, they were kind of asleep at the wheel and they almost put the ball back in play. Um, 
with, before they were back from uh, commercials. And he actually literally went running across the field um, and he didn't get to the refs. I think they saw him, but he started, he started uh, running toward, you know, to try to stop them. Um, and I don't know. If I you guess know the this, orange but, glove and the red hat yeah. probably are like the alerts. That wasn't like, enough. Hey, wasn't something's enough. Happening. Just, something's happening. Yeah. Just on. give the guy a sparkler. Uh, and have him shoot now, it off. College, college <laughs> shoot it off in the air. Two years ago, this was cool. Two or three years ago, they added a clock. And so the college football guy actually has a clock that counts down how much time we have left in the break. So we can actually wow. see exactly. But uh, internally, like say for the Steelers, all of the, like our producer, our director, they start a stopwatch as soon as the break starts. So we know if we're trying to do x number of things you know we can't be in the middle of a presentation or a video when they come back to go back into play so our producer and director are running a stopwatch so they know you know this is when we have right. to finish everything we're doing and go back to play uh, we had a we had a sports talk in the building i worked in and but it's radio so like when you guys go to break for your nationals they're going to break for all their local spots right so it has to be timed kind of the same way but let's say the game ends at you know 940 you then have 20 minutes that you have to backtrack to get to that top of the hour for the next show so and that's that's the bitch of it is like you know nbc's like all right guys see you later and then they do whatever they need to do for their post game but like we're not going to air that so like syndication trying to go from tv to radio is tough because there is that kind of um there is a huge difference in there where you're you're because you have to air NBC or whoever the affiliate is, you have to air whatever certain amount of commercials that they have at the top, and then they allot you X amount of time at the bottom for your local commercials. Right, right, yeah. And so so there's a lot going on in that sense, but I had absolutely no idea with the little man on the field. Well, not little, but I mean like the, <laughs> the, 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 sorry, like the, the dude with the hat. Like that's yeah. – that's insane. I ne of all the years, like I used to watch football with my dad and like stuff like I never, never yep. dawned on me. Like yep. you see so, so yeah, many people to... down there on the sidelines. Yeah. yeah they're, they're, Dave, always, are they're, there... they're usually around maybe the 20 or 30 on the, on one, on the home team sideline. Okay. What, what like other things? So like, I mean, like, is there, is there a network guy like over your shoulder, arms crossed, like play this song? Or, or like, do you have some creative liberties now? As, well, there's, you know, there's with, with nothing, your experience? nothing that we're the only thing that we're playing that you could possibly hear on the network is like from their their ambient mics in the in the, the stadium. Um, right. But I mean, like the the music that you like the brief little bits of music when they're going to commercial and coming back from commercial. I mean, those those they're playing. I mean, that has what we're doing has nothing to do with anything that is aired on TV. But like I said, there are definitely moments because they do have ambient mics around the stadium to pick up crowd noise where you definitely can right. hear, you know, the music in the background. But the only, the, the only thing that we ever have directly with the network where they're just like, they're, you know, literally in direct communication with us is sometimes for like Sunday night football or Monday night football they will they will cue us when to start the anthem because they'll have some either a commercial package or or some you know video highlight package that they're running while we're running the national anthem and so there are times uh, okay. where we will get you know my boss the who's producing the game will have a radio on him and the network will say at this like they'll just we'll just sometimes be unfortunately awkwardly sitting there for a few extra seconds but you know they will say okay start the anthem now 
and then RPA announcer, you know, the anthem singer that they're just on the field waiting, but RPA announcer will introduce, you know, now please rise and remove your hats for the national anthem, whatever he says. And then that's the cue to the anthem singer to start. So that's the only really direct contact we ever have with the network or anything they care about is occasionally, but that's, that's uh, for, for day games only. Hey, what's up? Hi, radio fam. It's DJ. Hi, Kevin here. Just wanted to give a quick actual look at gamer-field.com with you since I'm going to be placing a new order in just a couple minutes here. So you can check out their homepage. You can see gamer-field.com. We have first off featured their honeydew watermelon flavor, which is actually coming to sample packs in our giveaway that'll be at the end of this month. Really excited to give that away. But they have so much to offer, whether it's Energy and Focus, which is actually my favorite product, the Big Brain Focus and Reactions. You want to grab one of their little home gyms. You want to get coffee products. You want to get pre-workouts. You want to, so there's two things. There's pre-workouts and they got the Gamer Fuel, which is a little more focus for your gaming needs. Um, Something I'm not good at. (laughs) Uh, But then proteins as well. You know, they have subscription boxes. If you are a gamer, you can actually get sponsored. We're trying to build a team right now. You can also check out all of our other missions and athletes on the page right here so you can learn a little bit more about Jordan and a little bit of the rest of us. So definitely check out the website and uh, make sure you use code DJ Kevin at checkout to get an extra 10% off. <laughs> so we bring it back. Um, Dave com- covering making sure that there isn't a family emergency. Super cool of you. Um, I feel like we, we always get into like really deep DJ talk. Um, you obviously have an amazing, beautiful family. Did, didn't you and your wife just celebrate an anniversary recently? Uh, yeah. I mean, we do that once a year. Uh, right, <laughs> right. Thanks, Dave. <laughs> bro, bro, bro. <laughs> Thank you for the sound effect. Um, <laughs> I could kill myself. <laughs> But uh, no, we celebrated our 17th anniversary on August the 6th. Oh, see, so I'm not that far off. I definitely saw it somewhere. And actually, your birthday's in two days as well. It, is it, it is. not? This Friday is my birthday. Yes. Happy early birthday, man. Good for you. Yes. You're turning, uh, I, everybody I'm, knows I'm already, turning, I'm 18. I'm, so. I'm, turning, I'm turning 40 ancient this year. 40, 40 ancient. Okay, so yes. he's, he's yes. 73 yes. years my senior, everyone. Uh, yes. very, very exciting for him. That's, that's what's up, man. Uh, but we yeah, were, I, we I, were... I, I was, I was DJing when Biggie was still alive. So, oh, God. Pop, so it's so that, funny. That's how, that's how old I am. I, I know like old radio people Pretty that cool. have like Biggie drops. They're like, yo, yo, what up? This is Biggie. And you're listening to Murph talk. I'm like, how, what? Like I was like eight, like when Biggie died, like what's going on right now? Yeah. Wait, so what does a DJ do for his birthday? Because usually people for their birthday go out to the club and they party and they get hard, you know, all that stuff. Like, what does Dave do? Like, does he just... Dave's DJing. Are you DJing for your birthday? <laughs> I'm, I, yeah. It's, my birthday is on a Friday. Of course I'm DJing for my birthday. Just... Although, although my wife is coming out with me, which she does not anymore, you know, often come out to the, the, the club uh, with me. <laughs> so she is she is coming out and we are going to, to dinner uh, beforehand. And I did, I did make sure to like, you know, schedule like my, my favorite, you know, club spot for, for the night so that, you know, I was in a, in a space that I was going to enjoy myself. Okay. Nice. Okay. So That's Dave's going to be, do a lot of people, 
do a lot of people come out and like wish you happy birthday and like take care of the DJ type of thing on that night, or do you still get Bad Bunny forehead requests? Well, there, I mean, they don't really let people get to me, period. So nice. uh, people people don't, you know, I, I can get Bad Bunny forehead requests from a distance, but at least not up close. Right. Um, I told I told uh, I told a guy the other week. I said hey, he actually came up with the Bad Bunny phone, and and I told him that that meme was about three weeks old, and to to stop it, it's like three um, months old. I, I mean, it's I, I think you know here's here's the thing with I, I think this is beyond like I think half the people that are doing this you know want to hear Bad Bunny, and I think half of them are like. This is something funny I saw on TikTok or no, something. I want to yeah. put bad yeah. money on my Literally doing it, it for the you meme. You know, because yeah. because I think that I think I could probably ask them, well, what bad bunny song do you want? Exactly. Uh, I don't know. Tape us. Here's the thing. It must be a Northeast thing because, I mean, nobody down here does that to me. Nobody. I have not gotten one iPhone bad bunny request for on Snapchat or however they're doing it. Like, not one. I've not seen one. I saw one girl... Uh, Arlie, uh, Kevin, who works for Justin Reed, he posted yeah. this photo like earlier this year on Facebook of a girl, uh, and she, of course, like she put the wobble like question mark, and like she was just the most beautiful woman in the world. And I was like, I hate line dances, but for her, I'd play the wobble in a heartbeat. Like, and and I asked Arlie, I was like, did you play it? He goes, Nah, I never did. He's like, I just took a photo of her and then I kept it pushing. So like, I mean, but I I I agree with you. I think that if you Respect. Dave. When, when that happens at the club, you should pull your phone out and type out, without looking, name three Bad oh. Bunny songs, and that should be on your oh, that's phone. A much. That's a lot to write. I just, I would use this one. I gotta, oh my gosh. I gotta poop first. So, you know, I mean, uh, yeah, I don't even know where to go with that. Um, well, I, I definitely, uh, in Florida, I can tell you that Bad Bunny, and this has been going on for, going on like three years now, even, you know, more, much longer than the recent incarnation. Uh, I mean, maybe even more than three years. I mean, Bad Bunny has pretty much been like the biggest artist in, in Florida. Um, I mean, yeah. selling out like, you know, 20,000 seat arenas. And um, so, I mean, in Florida, he I don't know if it's with the phone or not, but I can tell you you know, from playing down there that he definitely gets requested plenty and played plenty, uh, in Florida. So, um, but I actually, I actually got a request the other day at a wedding, uh, for Barbie girl by Aqua. Oh. And, and I actually said to the girl, I said, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I have that song. There's no way in hell I'm playing it. So. <laughs> I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to pretend I don't have it. I'm not, I, I'm not going to tell you I'm going to play it, not play it. No, I'm I'm being upfront with that one. That that one's not happening. Dave looks at her and goes, "Next, yeah. nope." No. Actually, one of my favorite moments ever. This happened in the past year. Was uh, I think it was at an event, a private event, and there was there was a girl. I I don't have a good poker face, and there was a girl walking <laughs> up to me, walking up to me at an event, and I like looked up and I looked at her. And she looked at me and she's just like, yeah, it's a lost cause and just turned around and walked away. Like didn't even like knew whatever she was going to ask for. The answer was not going to be yes. Just saw the look on my face. Just. And walked off. That's a powerful skill to have, Dave. Clearly. That's yeah. That's amazing. Would you you like me to tell you how I really feel about request? (laughs) Yes. Uh, Yep. Yes. Please tell us. (laughs) 
<laughs> yes, beyond. But, but my but my issue, and this is what people don't get, and I get DJs that are just like, you know, you know, why don't you play? You should play request. And it's funny because there have been some great songs over the years that I've come up with that have been like a request, and then it works really well. And I'm like, yeah. let me try that again, and then try it again. But the issue is, and this is not just a recent thing, and this has been going on for maybe five, ten years, is that the issue with the request now is that people just there's other questions there's well when are you going to play it or are you going to yeah. play it now or if Can i say I try, i'm going i'm going to or right or if i say i'm going to try to play it like i'll get a shitty reaction like and i said i just said i'd try like what, what you know my but f- if the answer isn't a hundred percent yes it's it's a shitty reaction and so my issue's never been the request it's all the other bs that comes with and around the request and if i could you know whenever i have venues where like i have a light tech or something and they can just take the request and write them down for me i I love that i'm just like yeah i i will happily look at a list of songs like i i'm not mad at the input it's that additional you know grief you get about you know when are you going to play it or or are you going to play it next or if you said you know uh i mean i've had people ask for the shit I don't I've never even heard of and then they give me grief because I don't have well you're you're a shitty DJ you know my Um, my favorite when I was DJ in the clubs uh was like can you hurry up and play it I'm about to leave and so I look at him like so wait after the song you're gonna leave and they're like yeah I'm like well then I'll I'll get around to it like I'm like then I'm not I'm not gonna play it next like because you're already leaving you're not spending the money at the bar anymore what good are you you know I I, you know the the entitlement of some, just some, not all, just some patrons yeah. kind of well, irks me. I think there might be a little confusion. You bring up the word entitlement, which is I think that because they paid a $5 cover to get in right. to whatever bar they're in, they literally feel like they are entitled to treating you like a jukebox, um, yeah. which I think is, is, is a big problem, too, is that people are so willing to treat a working person that actually is in a creative space. You know, it's one thing to like yell at your waiter if they didn't bring you a water right away or something like that, you know, like, Oh, well, yeah, let's just start off with waters and then you can grab our other drinks later. And then they never bring you the waters. You're entitled to ask for water. Water. Right. But you know, we are not required. If you're, or if you're in Philly or Jersey, you're entitled to ask for water. Water. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Exactly. God damn. See, this is dad jokes just sprinkled in throughout this entire thing. Here's the thing is that like I look at what, you know, like when Kevin goes and DJs the basement or when you're DJing at your club, uh, you know, you you know, like each club kind of has like what you're going to walk into, like the room pop or hip hop or whatever. Right. Or if you go to another club and they're playing Hispanic music or all Hispanic, music, like, you know, that those are like the rooms you're going into and the music you're going to listen to. And so you're performing, you're performing at your club. And I don't understand how people, when they walk into a club, like you would never walk into like a, I don't like a concert, right? Like, like the weekends playing, and you have front row tickets, and you're, like, knocking on the stage, like, hey, can you play s- this song next? Like, no, he he has a set list for a reason. He's singing those songs in order for a reason, and he's got this kind of mapped out in his head. And maybe, yeah, maybe he'll go off and, like, not play it and you do the song next or whatever. But for what you do at a club, I think it's the same thing. Like, you, you know, just shut up, enjoy your drink, and have fun with your music, and we'll get to it. It reminds me, what was, uh, Step Brothers, right? 
at the end it was is that what it was yeah where the they're they're on um the, they're the cantina the the the, the fucking catalina wine catalina mixer wine right mixer. the guy says they're they're like a, a post 80s billy joel cover band or something like that and they're like yelling at him and he's like no sorry sir we're strictly you know this billy you know style band and then they end up like fighting over it like that's like you, that's the only instance in the world where anyone has, you know, like gone up to a live band and told them what to play in a fake, movie. you know, yeah, 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 in a in a in a film. Exactly. That, right. That's that's another that's another movie I made it through, and I and I love Will Ferrell and I love John C. Riley, but I did not think that movie was funny. Really? But I made really? it through. I did not think Step Brothers is funny. Wow, I actually kind of liked it. I was I was a huge fan of it. I've I've literally watched that movie three times in one day. <laughs> what? I don't know. You I used to smoke a lot of weed do? in college, and we just had a, a house, and it was on TV, and we were sitting around all day. You know, it was like a hangover day, and you you start watching it like halfway through, right? And then you get to the beginning of it, and then you're laughing through the whole movie, and then it's on again. So you're just like, well, we can't find the remote, and no one's willing to admit that it's under them. So I guess this is what we're watching all day. Yeah. I think there yeah. the only two movies I've ever watched three times in one day are a Christmas story because you know we've just we just left right. the TV on that channel on Christmas oh, yeah. and uh, definitely Wally because I've when my son that. was like three years old three four years old Wally was his absolute favorite movie in the world and so nice. what we would do in like the summertime or, or even before we started school is in the morning we would wake up and we would watch Wally. And then we would take our like midday nap and we would watch Wally. And then we would sometimes take an afternoon nap and eat dinner. And then after dinner, we would watch Wally. And that was what we did like three times a day. I, I have absolutely Wally is the movie I've seen more than any movie in history. And I, I don't think anything will ever top it. The Shawshank Redemption is probably second, but it is a far distant second. And it's not a, that's not a movie you're going to watch with your son. Like, or any, any kids of any, you're not going to watch the Shawshank Redemption with your kids, right? I pr- probably, probably at 14, I think he'd, I think at this age, at I 14. think he'd like the, I think he'd like the Shawshank Redemption. Oh, I'm talking about like I when think, they're well, first young, like when they're young, oh, God, no, let's sit down and watch Shawshank Redemption. No. Time no, to break no. you into the top five movies on IMDb, no, yeah, son. No, we were, Godfathers we were tomorrow. <laughs> I think he, I think not with me, with my wife, I think he has watched Godfather. Um, yeah. I, I believe I believe he has. That's what's up. That's pretty cool. I, so I, I feel like at his age, you said he was 14, right? Yeah. Yeah. So like at that age, either you are the person that has seen the movies you're not supposed to see and people think you're pretty cool for it, or you're the person that hasn't seen the movies and it's like too late. And, you know, I was very much that kid that like, not sheltered, but, you know, it was like, oh, well, if you watch this movie, you're not allowed to tell other kids that you've seen it because it has bad words and stuff in it. Like, Well, I think though now, like, you know, I, I don't even I don't even know in this era if there's even a cool factor to having watched Godfather, you know, oh, no. in, in 2022. I don't I don't think there's like other kids are like, ooh, ooh you, you watch Godfather, you know, like. Right. But yeah, no, yeah, I do right. remember that when, you know, when we when we were kid, you know, when I was a kid, it was like, you know, if you'd seen, you know, uh, you know, I don't know, Pulp Fiction or like Termin- right. Terminator 2 was rated R or something. You know, like certain yeah. movies. So yeah. I've, I've asked I mean, Joe Bunn this question because he's got kids around your age, uh, or around your kid's age. Are, uh, so your son's your son's fourteen. Is he in, like? Is he in kind of the? I might want to be a DJ, or is he? He wants nothing to do with it. 
So I, I feel like the vibe with him is he does, he does have some interest in it. You know, I could see him doing it through like, you know, like in high school, college, whatever, you know, as, as a job, make extra money. You know, I don't I don't know if he has like and, I, and I've worked with him some on it. I don't know if he has like the love for it that he'd do it as like a lifetime you know, career. But right. you know, we'll see. I mean, I, I wasn't I, I always had the love for it, but I didn't expect to do it as a lifetime career. And, and there I am you are. 20, How about years, it? 27 years after I started DJ. Damn, man. That's so how, how, how old are you, Kevin? For in, in real, I'm, not not 18, but in real. In I'm real 31. Years. Okay. I'm 31, so I started DJing so. when you were four. Yeah. When I was watching The Godfather with my parents. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Shooting wow, fake man. That's guns a career, around the living room. Dude. That's awesome. Obviously, your resume proves you know, that, that you've, you've been around the block, of course, the, the time that you've put in. And you know what's amazing, Davis? I've never, ever, ever heard you say, I am, I've been DJing for almost 30 years. Like, I personally have, I had no idea how long you had been I DJing. And I, and I tip my cap to you for that because so many people just ride that wave of, I've been DJing for X amount of years, so I'm better than somebody else. Well, Dave only, you know? Dave looks 27. So like, I didn't, you know, I didn't think literally, he, he, you know, he had had 27 years of uh, experience uh, DJing. So, so I'll be honest with you. And I believe Mike Walter and Joe Bunn actually had a talk about this on one of their uh, episode of the PhDJ podcast at one point. Um, and Nick Spinelli may have even talked about it as well. There comes a certain point, and to me, I feel like that point is maybe either 15 or 20 years, where then all of a sudden you go from, oh, I've been DJing 18 years, I've been DJing 19 years, I've been DJing 20 years, and then you hit, I've been DJing for over 20 years, because you don't want to, in, say especially 30, in this industry, 40. you don't want to start sounding old. Right, so right. I feel like there hits a point where you're just, instead of like, rattling off the specific number of years you're just like oh it's been over 15 years or over 20 years right yeah i'm just gonna say yep. 10 uh it's over 10 years and you just kind of leave it there it's not even saying yeah just leave it there I, but you know at the same time like i i am a very i've been djing for just over i forget if it's six or seven years like since i did my first out dj event you know um i I honestly don't like to talk about it because I think people are like, oh, you've only been DJing that long. So there's, there is a sweet spot sort of around that like 10 year mark. Well, yeah, I was going to say, people... I feel like 10 to 20 is the sweet spot where it's like, you've been DJing long enough to have yeah. experience, but short right. enough to, to still kind of have that young mindset. Although it's funny because even, even in playing in clubs and stuff, most of the DJs in the city that are 10 years younger than me are playing older music and you know i'm going in places and playing you know pop smoke and things like that and they're playing 10 year old you know playing no hands and i'm like that that to me has become like a wedding record you know yeah. um so it's it's interesting you know sometimes even some of the younger djs you know quote unquote playing it safe or playing older music and and i'm like i'm like 42 over here and I'm playing newer shit than you are. And you should be really into this music because you're 27. Yeah. So when, yeah, man. so That's... when did the DJ just like DJing itself, when did that kind of, kind of transition into you wanting to speak about DJing and get on these panels and going to wedding MBA and going to, 
DJ expert or whatever and having these conversations with our DJs, like why kind of in a, in a way, why do you want to be an, inf- I hate the word influencer, but I mean, kind of is what it is. Uh, you know, what yeah. made you kind of want to also dabble in that world? Um, I, I would, would it be a wrong answer to saying, uh, to, to say cringing when I've heard certain, certain DJ sets or certain things that happen in our industry? Okay. Um, I, I think that's entirely fair. I think but, you're doing the industry a service. You know, yeah. I mean, I wanted, I, I just wanted, I, I wanted to make the industry better. I mean, I definitely feel like there's, you know, some great things in the industry. And I think there's definitely some, you know, some DJs that, you know, could, could use some uh, cleaning up around the edges with things. And, um, and I think there's some really good DJs that can still, that can still improve. And, and what I've always said, my, I, I guess my favorite thing to do educationally, you know, is I've, I've always said, I love dealing with or talking with or working with someone that's like a six or a seven and trying to make them like an eight or a nine is a sure. DJ. You know, that's, that's, you know, I don't want to start with, you know, it's just a personal preference. Like to me, you know, I don't have the passion or desire to start with someone as much from scratch that knows nothing, but somebody that has like a solid base and being able to make them, you know, really, really good is kind of where, where I like to be in that arena. Um, and, And I think another, I think another issue with that, with, with kind of just talking about that is, is I, I think I finally hit a point, I don't know, maybe maybe five years ago or so, you know, where I was just like, I just felt a, a as full as ever level of self-confidence in what I was doing that I was, I, I felt good enough about the job I was doing that I'm like, I could share every piece of information that anybody knows, er, that I know with, with anybody. And I feel like I could still do a better job than them. And I think... I think when sure. you're speaking, especially if you're speaking freely, I feel like you have to have that level of self-confidence or you're going to want to hold certain things back because you're going to be afraid, oh, if this person gets this piece of information, they might get better than me. So I yeah. feel like you have to have – and actually, you know, my, my, my boy Koo uh, said something along these lines uh, you know, re- uh, a while back, I think on Twitter, uh, from Tampa. But if you are – Really, when you're going in, though, as a DJ talking about self-confidence, you know, you you should think that you're doing a really good job in, in any room you're playing in, whether it's a nightclub or a wedding or whatever, you right. know, or or if not, I, I mean, you're not you're probably not going to do a good job in there. Um, so, I mean, I think sometimes there's a, there's a good balance, you know, and, and I guess, you know, fence between, you know, arrogance and self-confidence. But self-confidence is extremely important to have as a dj well it's also yeah. it's also like you can give all the advice in the world like you can tell us everything you can literally pull out a book and be like here's every single thing i did to become me right to become fucking awesome but like there, like you know there's probably like you know 90 percent of the djs out there that will like read that and then just never apply it they also have to apply it themselves um, and so it's like, I do look at like a Joe Bonner or Mike Walter or, you know, Jay and I or whatever, and they're giving us all these, uh, ideas on social media and then the DJ collective and that sort of thing. But it's like, what do you, like, you can soak up as much as you want, but like, you know, then you gotta, you gotta put that energy back out into the world yourself to make it happen. Um, I was at a seminar with you in wedding MBA last year. And I hope it's okay we talk about this. I think you probably know where I'm going with this. Uh, you were talking about the music and just different like crates and stuff and different things you had in your music. 
uh, and I literally sat front row with one of our guys that works for us for the company, and we were taking literally just screenshots. Like I was, t- I had my camera, my phone. I was just taking, you know, uh, photos of your slideshows because they were so impressive, and you were like you had music involved in it, and your your um, I thought you did a phenomenal job. I always enjoy watching you speak. Um, you know, and watching you on Twitter and that sort of thing, like you've always kind of, uh, I enjoy that. And yours and Mike Walters were the only ones I went to. I went to a wedding MBA, went to two, two of those seminars, and that was it. Um, so you, you basically told us, like, these are pop records, and these are the Hispanic records, and these are, you know, like you went through this whole worldly, I don't know, like encyclopedia of your music. And then do you kind of remember what happened at the end of that? I do. So I, I want to, so for those that weren't there, Kevin wasn't there. Um, basically at the end, I don't even know if you asked for questions. Maybe this guy just popped up like a gopher. Uh, and he it, said, it, something. It, it, it did, it did. I did, I did not, I did not ask for, for questions. This guy just, just like, it was, was like whack-a-mole. Like his hands. <laughs> <laughs> he really did. So he, he, so he pops up out of his seat and you, as nice as you are, said, well, I'm not taking questions, but sure, go ahead. And he said, and I'm paraphrasing here. I don't exactly know what he said, but he said something about the fact that, oh, you, you were showing videos of your dance floor as well. Like you were showing videos of your clubs and of your weddings. And he literally said something to the effect of uh, there wasn't as much diversity in your videos. Like why is that? Or something to that effect where basically I don't even know why he asked the question. And listen, you know, as a former Jersey kid, like I'd have been off the stage in two seconds, you held it together. You put, you kept a smile on your face, like where the rest of us were just like, I was pretty heated. Like, in fact, the guy that was with me, like turned around one of my guys was like, and literally shouted, what the fuck, bro? Like, and I had to like calm him down because I didn't want him wanted to be like a WWE wrestling situation. Uh, And I don't remember what you exactly said, but you kind of just talked him off the ledge or whatever he was doing. But is that your first time ever having to handle a situation like that? And what were your thoughts after you walked off stage? I, I mean, I mean, that was, yeah, that was the first time I guess ever having to handle I don't know if you want to call it a quote unquote heckler or not. Um, <laughs> you know, the, the irony of this situation is that like when this question is asked, you know, if if the question was legit, and I think I, it was something like, you know, why wasn't there more diversity in your presentation? And I and I'm sitting here, and I'm just like, I don't know. I went I went over hip hop songs, I went over Latin songs, I went over classical songs, I went over country songs. Like Kevin, where, he went over every not, single where genre is there, there not was. Diversity in my presentation, you know, right. and um, that was like the definition of diversity. If, right. if you know, if this question is legit, you you think everybody in the audience like looks right at me. But everybody in the audience turned and like was giving this guy the death stare, um, and so uh, I had—I <laughs> mean, I had a friend in the audience who actually came out there uh, as a photographer friend uh, from from uh, Pitt- Pittsburgh, and uh, she was she was like, I was ready about ready to shank that guy. Um, <laughs> A, a photographer. Dude, he was so, a yeah. fucking. He was a oh, jerk. Yeah, no, pe- he was people, a fucking people loser. Were, you know this. Yeah, this. This is just you know, uh, and I don't. I don't even really know where he was ultimately going with it. But this is just one of those. You know, uh, it's it's 2022, and everything is offensive to everybody. Kind of. Do you situation. know who it was? 
Do you know I them? Did, Dave? I did not know the dude at the time. I okay. think I think I briefly like looked him up on on Instagram oh, found, afterwards, yeah. but but uh, you know I, I don't know. Would I, I know who it is? I don't think. I mean, uh, I mean, even when I looked him up, I didn't recognize his name as like you know someone that. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like there are certain DJs around the country in different markets. Kind of everybody knows or like right. DJ wise. Uh, you don't I, know I was him, no though, one yeah. that, but I think he okay. was in from Georgia, I believe. And he wore bow ties. That, that's, those are the two things. Oh. Like, like he was like always, oh, if that like doesn't he, tell you right even, there, even that day he was wearing a, a bow. And I'll, I'll tell you an interesting thing uh, about my whole presentation there. It somehow slipped through the cracks. So I had a Monday night football game that week. And, that's right. Um, yes. And it was against the Bears, and they knew that. And so I, I told them Tuesday, I said, I said, I am coming in. I said, I'm going to be coming in Tuesday, um, you know, flying in Tuesday morning. And so they were like, we got you at the 5 o'clock spot on Tuesday. You're the last presentation of the day. And I'm like, perfect. You know, I'll give me enough time to get in, get settled. And Mike Walter was in a different room because I think Mike was in the DJ-specific track, and I was in, like, the general track. And mm-hmm. Mike said to me, he's like, oh, you know, I was bummed that I won't get to hear you speak. So then I get a text from Mike like a few days before. And he's like, it's so good that they changed the schedule. So now I'm going to get to hear you speak. Yeah. And uh, I'm like, because it wasn't schedule. 5 p.m. Uh, I'm, I'm like, changed what schedule? So, so I don't know how this slipped through the cracks. And even when I kind of talked to them about it, I was never given an explanation of how this slipped through the cracks. But somehow they changed my time but didn't tell me that they changed my time but it was on like all the public information so if if mike hadn't told me i would have been in vegas and i wouldn't have even i wouldn't have shown up for my presentation because i didn't know it was changed so when they changed my time too was like 50 minutes after my plane landed yeah so because i I remember when this when this guy did this whole go for papa thing my first thought was like because you said in your presentation in the beginning, I took a red eye or I took the first flight out, off, out of Monday Night yeah. Football to get on the plane to get here to be here at this specific time. I didn't know that your times had been changed. You'd never mentioned that on the so, stage. So, yeah, but... they, they, they bumped it up. Well, yeah, because, I mean, I, I was, you know, yeah, I mean, I wasn't trying to <laughs> right. say anything derogatory or, or, or you know, negative on the, about the conference on stage. And I mean, I, I, I'm not trying to hear either. I don't know what happened. I don't know what the explanation is. If there was an email sent that, that somehow didn't go through, but I just, I didn't get a notification. And, and if there was an email sent or, or a text sent or something, you know, you should definitely, you know, make sure you get a confirmation from me. Hey, yeah. you know, like, please confirm that you see this text that your time has changed. So, so anyways, uh, you know, everything kind of, kind of occurs and, um, I get there and basically Mike was nice enough to, he like scouted out my room where I was going to be. And he literally was waiting at the top of the escalator for me in like the Las Vegas convention center, like walked me to my room, already figured out where it was. I think he even picked up my badge for me. Like I told them, you know, he like went to the, the desk, uh-huh. got my badge for me and walked me to my room. And I got in the room, I think like 15, 10 or 15 minutes before I was supposed to present like straight from the airport. Um, so that that's was, what that, wow. that was, the guy that was and, then, and then, yeah, and then I gave the presentation and then, then, then dude comes in at the end with his, his diversity question. And I think he did, I don't know if he said it in the, uh, in the moment or if he said it to me later, or he might've even DM me on social media, but you know, he might've, I think he might've like you alluded to, 
uh, he might have referenced like that the crowds that I showed in my video were mostly white, and I'm like, well, you know, it's Pittsburgh. Uh, this is yeah. I mean, Pittsburgh's literally over eighty percent. You know, our population's over eighty percent white. And I'm like, right. this is this is who's booking. Like, I can't control who books me. You know, right. I have played. I've not not really played many. Uh, you know, Latino events. I've played some, but I have played. You know, I've played a lot of. You know, white events. I've played a lot of black events. I. Right. You know, but I. I de definitely. You know, our market is more white, and I get booked for more of those events. But I can't. I can't control who who books me. You know, I, I, these are, these are from the events that have booked me and this is the crowd that, you know, is at those events. Like I, I can't, I can't Dude, change Dave, who's, you, who's paying me money. No, yeah. Dave, you have to start saying no to white couples. You can't, you got to say no to them. You have to. Dude, you have no sick. clue you know? how, and I didn't, I didn't even want to come up to you afterwards because like, I just didn't want to bug the shit out of you at that point. I, but I, you have no clue how so many, there were so many people that walked out like Justin Reed and I linked up afterwards he was in the conference as well and when he was just like what the fuck was that like what like he was like what like and, he, and justin said he goes the dude literally gave us a whole pack of like latin music did some of them that i didn't even think to play like this dude did his homework and he and he goes and then the dude literally flew here after monday night football like what more do you want from the man like what more do you want yeah uh, 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 yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I, and, fuck, uh, fuck that stupid, guy. I know man. you probably don't curse. I'm sorry. Well, I, fuck I, that I guy. Said, uh, but uh, no, I, I do curse. But fucking I, I mean, Eric Massengale. No, I'm just kidding. It wasn't Eric Massengale. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Wow. But, I'm teasing. But, but I will say this. I will say this. I was really, um, I think I was a little. I don't, I don't know. Relieved isn't the word, but you know, I guess I felt a little better about the situation afterwards when I saw like the the mob of people around him after the after my presentation because you know people were giving him grief about it. So yeah, I think oh I yeah, felt, nice. I, I felt better about the fact that I'm like, well, at least at least at least people clearly aren't siding with him. They're they're siding with me on this. So um, you know, I think that's best sometimes if 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 other you know third party observers you know see things your way kind of kind of letting them you know stand up for you and just taking a step back from it you know and oh, for I, mean, sure, I, man. I don't i don't know like the dude kind of kind of apologized to me on uh instagram but i think he was just trying to kind of still still reframe the question and still ask it and i just kind of accept the uh, apology and just i hate those i'm sorry like, but like sentences i'm sorry yeah. but dot 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 like dude saying i love you but yeah like, like you, you just like, you don't you fucked up you you said something dumb uh which i mean listen balls on the kid for standing up in front of a room of 100 people and, and even asking the question uh i, I have no clue Maybe, hey, he was, hey. maybe he was still hey, drunk don't, don't, from the night don't before. Don't get it twisted. There were I got I got pictures. There were more than a hundred people there. Okay, three hundred people. Stop, stop! Stop trying! Stop trying to to reduce the attendance of my seminar. <laughs> Five thousand <laughs> people were there. Sixteen uh, million people. Entire Even Vegas population came to see you. And rooms people 7C. came to the conference. Oh man! Well, Dave, uh, we have been ridiculed for our show going on a little too long recently uh and for this we're gonna try and uh we're gonna dude i mean you obviously have so much 
I didn't even go over. I have your press kit. Like, I didn't even get to touch on that. Like, obviously, you have done so many things. We got to have you um, back on you, for sure. We got to at some point. We got to give it. We got to give us some time so you can build up some awesome new fights with people at conferences. Can, though, I, can that I tell was one awesome. more quick story about Digital Dave and me that Dave probably doesn't I even suppose know about? so. Uh, so I messaged Dave on Facebook when I got to Vegas, and Justin Reed was like, "Yo, just hit him up, see if you know if he's in town or whatever." And you were still at the football game. Uh, and you just said, you messaged me back and said something like, um, you know, yo, just let me know where you guys are, see if we can link up and do dinner or lunch or something. And I thought it was pretty cool. And then you like gave me a number and I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. Like, you know, whatever. So I text the number, <laughs> bro. I was like, yo man, it's shorty or Sean or how, how, whatever I said to you. And literally I get like the auto response back. That was like, thanks for contacting digital day or whatever it was. And I was like, oh, like. We're not besties yet. No, I'm just kidding. Sick. I thought that was just the one funny part Sick. is I was like, I'm really getting Digital Dave's number right now, this freaking celebrity. And then all of a sudden it was like. I thought it was going to be Mike Jones' number. Who? Like that he put in in the song, you know? Like you should have given him Mike that. Mike Jones. A, Do we remember yeah. the number off out of our, off the top of our head? 305. What is it? My, it it's 8008, I think is the last four, right? I literally just saw, like I'm, somebody I'm gonna, put it. I'm going, I'm going to ask. Uh, Google what Mike Jones' number is. 281-330-8004. 8004. Okay, I was, I, was, I was pretty close. I thought it was, apparently it doesn't say boob. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 know, I know some people, I know some uh, people from, from back in the day that, that called Mike Jones. Yeah. I wonder, like, yeah. what, what happens if we call the number right now? Like, we'll, like, oh, who has like, the number? Dude, no, Ku called it a, like a year or two ago, like just drunk at night. We we obviously figured out that that it was gone. I think it's like a dead number now. Like like I think, has it. like I think it's you know like when um you know back in the um eighties like no nobody in any area code wanted eight six seven five three zero nine because people would call it up and ask for ask for Jenny uh, yeah. and now and now nobody wants uh you know Mike Jones number because you would just get get phone calls Great. after phone calls. Wait, no. Mike, Mike Jones, Jones says he yeah. has the two eight one three three zero eight zero zero four number again. Oh wow. wow! The number is back on all the way in his business. That's he, how you stay relevant, yeah. man. He tweeted you, it you out. You drop your phone number and then you bring it back. So 10, call, 15 years later. Call Mike Jones two eight one three three zero eight zero zero. Mike Jones. Yep, and 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 also don't forget, we have a phone number that you can call at any time, and that is. Three four one four six Kevin. So yeah, if, you know if we'll bring it back in fifteen years Kevin. and be super popular. Love that you did that. Love that you did that. Um, so uh, Dave, uh, I mean, I guess you have djdigitaldave.com. Everybody can find everything you there. Um, you also, I know you do a lot of coaching stuff. Do you want to give that like a quick plug because you know you're talking about turning people that are like five, sixes, sevens into like eights or nines. Um, you yeah, obviously yeah. have an I mean, amazing I do, service. I mean, I do, I do, uh, you know, like one-on-one -on -one coaching sessions. I mean, just emailing me at Dave at DJ digital Dave, uh, com is just kind of the best way to set that up. Um, cool. you know, and I, I periodically not kind of as much at this time of the year because I'm so busy with football and weddings and clubs, but, uh, you know, during kind of like sometimes the, the winter, spring and, and summer months, I will do uh, even some Zoom Zoom classes, like some of the seminars that I've given at um, at uh, conferences. I've I've given also like as Zooms, you know, where just kind of it's like just 
whatever pay, you know, amount varies depending on what, what exactly the seminar is. But, you know, I've given uh, some of those throughout Zoom. So I'll usually post about that on my Facebook or my, um, not Twitter, but uh, Instagram, which my Instagram is at DJ Digital Dave one. So one. Um, you can check me out on one. there as well. The yeah, number DJ one. Digital Dave, the number one, correct. The number one. That's awesome, yeah. man. Well, uh, you've told a number of dad jokes and we like to end our show with dad jokes. Uh, so I've got a good, do you have any favorite dad jokes? First oh, off, I mean, Dave, besides the hilarious ones that you've slipped in the cracks throughout this man, thing, I'm, are there I'm, any like, I'm, I'm, you know, I like, I don't know. I like, I like kind of off the cuff jokes, uh, you know, more so, more so than, you know, just, just kind of like, you know, you know, funny, funny in the moment kind of comments that more, more so right. than like, like a, like a setup joke with a punchline. Yeah. So I actually, I have been, ha I've been struggling lately with my dad jokes. Uh, Shorty hasn't liked any of them in, in many weeks. It's probably been like four weeks since I've told a joke that he's liked. Got her dad joke. So I'm trying to here. take, I'm trying to take a different angle and not do as much of a punchline, but this segment does very much feel like, Oh, you're a comedian. Say something funny. Well, so we also, you know, rate it's them. like, yeah. So from zero to 10, right. one to 10, whatever, you know, what, what's the dad joke rating here? Uh, we started this. Kevin used to do dad jokes with me on the radio and then I got fired. Uh, I don't know if you know that. You take a drink or no. two. Fired. Okay, so we all know the rules. Cool. But he's Thanks. drinking. Love it. But he Love knows it. to drink. Yeah, we, we know the rules here. Um, and so we mm -hmm. continued it here on the podcast. But Kevin's jokes lately uh, lack luster at best. So let's hope there's a redemption yeah. for the dad joke. Uh, you might say that they're pretty dead. And I actually heard recently that the man who invented throat lozenges died, la like just last week or something oh, like no. that. Apparently, there was no coffin at the funeral. <laughs> wow. Yes. Wow. Okay. So I actually, I actually, I got to I got to be, I got to I got a decent one. I got a decent one here. I'm so glad. You got to be, you got to get out of here. You got to get out of here. All right, cool. I'll, I'll make it quick then. Uh, Dave, what do you think? He's got one. Oh, you got one. Let's go. Yeah, I, I, I hit the random access memory. This was, this was one I liked. So, so a mom, a mom goes, goes to her husband um, you know, wife goes to her husband and she said, look, you know, our, our four-year-old son has, you know, trying to stick a, a paperclip into an electrical socket. What should I do? And the husband says, ground him until he learns how to conduct himself. <laughs> okay. There you go. See? That was a good See? one. That's a, good one. That's a great one. That's like, you know, it's got, it's got like two meanings. That yeah, was like, good. Dude, that, yeah. that was a... That well, was actually... A I messaged Dave on Facebook because he said like the the closer of the evening and it was closer by the Chainsmokers and I was like oh I get it because it's like a, it's closer but it's also your closer and because they're spelt the same way yeah and okay. and Dave literally just said very funny like no laugh that, that was that, was, that, was, that yeah there, there was you you were definitely reading reading into puns that that weren't there bro the very bro, when you funny. when you tell dad jokes for like three years straight every single week yeah you know and eventually it becomes ingrained into you and i'm just like oh maybe i had maybe. one of, i had one of those instagram moments last week too i was i was messaging glenn roush from laforce and uh, i'm selling the sound mm -hmm. switch boxes uh and so he goes you know how much do you want them or how much how much kind of buying from me i gave him the price i said after ah, you i'll give him you know whatever and then literally like two hours later, he's like, never mind, I have to hire an electrician. And I replied back and said, you don't need an electrician to plug these things in. And I got left on red, like nothing. I was like, well, I thought it was funny, but I guess not. Yeah. 
Glenn did not. Uh, by the way, Glenn will be on next week. Glenn Roush confirmed. will be on next week. Glenn Roush next week. We got some big hitters. We'll segue. We got some big, big hitters coming up here. You know, well, obviously was, starting off with Dave. Well, it was it was good being on. Yeah, I, I do feel like, I don't know, I, I feel like there was so much more to talk about. I feel like. So know. much. So I'm, yeah. I'm more it's hard than happy to, get it to come all back on whenever, whenever. Hit me cool, up. man. Let me know. We will. We will, man. Well, thank you all so much for for tuning in. Uh, This has been another episode of the Radio Shorty Podcast with DJ Hi Kevin with our boy, DJ Digital Dave, Mr. Dave Lander. Thanks, guys. See you, guys. Thanks for checking out the Radio Shorty Podcast with DJ Hi Kevin. New episodes drop every Tuesday wherever you listen to podcasts as well as videos on our YouTube page. For exclusive clips and highlights, check out our Instagram and TikTok at Radio Shorty Podcast, and we will see you next Tuesday.